Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Hi, welcome to Unsheathed number 34. I'm Kyle Gold. I'm Cam Hirosaki. And we actually have a special treat for you tonight. I'm sandwiched in between two otters here in our recording studio. On my left is Hirosaki-san, as usual. On my right is a special guest, Atari Otter, visiting from the uh, great western state of Utah. It's nice to be here, guys. We welcome you. Atari Otter is a distinguished otter who's won a writing competition at Rainforest last year, even though he didn't want to go up and actually accept the prize. I was flustered at the time, okay? And we know how easily otters get flustered. Yes, I've. Uh, I think I've advanced that cause greatly over the last several months. And we thank you for that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, better to be a species that gets flustered than a species that has trouble with stairs. So That's you point. can always say that. <laughs> um, we're going to – we got we got some other exciting things in store. We have an answer to our um, baller competition, which is not as dirty as it sounds. I'm still getting used to B-Hop and his – whole lexicon of things that aren't as dirty as they sound, but um, I think Atari will help us fix that tonight if the previous half hour has been any indication. I will do my best. Um, first thing we want to do, actually, is give a shout-out to all of you guys out there who read stories and love reading stories and say, go to ursamajorawards.org. They are in the voting process right now. And it goes up until April 18th, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fine works nominated and a couple of my stories as well. And you really should go and vote for the things you appreciate because that is how the creators in this fandom get feedback. And especially speaking for writers, it's a lot harder for writers to get good feedback about how many people like their stuff than it is for artists. Um there's two short stories from the collection X that are nominated, uh, White Yodi's Deus Ex Machina and Not Tube's Moon Thief. Um, my story Stop the World and Driftin are both nominated, and Rikoshi's Trading Wishes is the fifth short story nominated, so that's a great set. Um, out of Position is nominated for Best Novel, along with uh, Return to the Hundred Acre Wood and a couple of others that I'm not as familiar with. Yeah. And uh, the Collection X is actually nominated as Best Other Literary Work. I can win by proxy if that wins. Yeah, we all win if that wins. So, vote for X. We're, uh, we're going up against Burke Breathed actually, because the Collected Bloom County is... <laughs> oh, that's right. ...is also nominated in that category, but... I will tell you this, you will not get Burke Breathed coming to a furry con thanking y'all for voting for his book. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you were talking about how it's so much harder for us to get feedback for writing than artists do about art, I was going to say, like, well, because it's harder for us to get, we appreciate it that much more. <laughs> we do. And you will hear us appreciate it on this podcast if the Collection X wins. Uh, or if either of my stories are out of position wins. Um. I'm not going to say anything more about that for fear of making promises that I'm not going to keep. I I think I've learned 
one of the things I've learned over this course of this podcast is the more you promise, the more you regret it later. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it ends up usually being kind of fun too. And hey, random people in Seattle who don't even listen to us, do you want us to write dirty stories about each other? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hi, people who don't even know who we are. Yeah, you know, but to be fair, we'd already done that once, and we probably would have done it Practice again anyway. Practice makes perfect. It gets better every time. That's what uh, that's what Kit tells me. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> no, not on this podcast. On this podcast, it's that what he said. That's what he said. Yeah, but then you get really adjective confused if you don't really know who's talking about whom. Yeah, don't make me get started on my objective, subjective case. Clarify. Clarify, yes. Thank you, foosball. <laughs> um, well, so we're going we're gonna to attempt to bring this back to um, more sophisticated writing level. Uh, we're going to let Atari read an email that we got from a listener that's suggesting a writing project that uh, a few of you out there might be interested in. All right. This email starts off with a note from a previous email from Kite Phoenix, and that is, I am personally not undertaking this little writing venture. However, I thought that some of your other listeners might be interested in this little challenge. Kite. And he follows it up with, Greetings, citizens of Nanoland. As a great man, Austin Powers, once said, allow myself to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Jennifer Arts. I run Script Frenzy NaNoWriMo's sister event. Even though we haven't met until now, I already know a few things about you. I know you are a storyteller. I know that you aren't shy about jumping into the deep end of the literary pool and laughing in the face of outrageous deadlines. I know you are creative and brave. Because I know all this, I'm here with a proposal. Try something new in April. Write a script. At www.scriptfrenzy.org And that was... That was, I believe, an email sent out to people uh, who are members of the NaNoWriMo writing group. Yes, um, that was an atrocious thing, and I fully intend to try it again next year. <laughs> awesome. For we my look- part, I do not laugh in the face of outrageous deadlines. I quake with fear and then sometimes cry into my boss. Yeah, I, I don't usually laugh either. I just kind of say no, <laughs> but that's just me. Um. But yeah, that's cool. So if any of you guys have been interested in screenplay writing as opposed to novel writing, it I, I will warn you that it might appear to be easier because you think, well, all i got to do is write dialogue. Um, but all you do is write dialogue. dialogue. So it is actually um, as difficult. Yeah, and, you know, and based on the questions that we get here, people keep asking, how do I write more believable dialogue? How do I work my dialogue to fit better? How do I distinguish my characters through dialogue? It's not the easy part. Yeah, actually, uh, as Kit and I were overhearing some people this weekend, uh, Kit's observation was that he needs to curse more and call people bro. <laughs> he would, he basically said he needs to go around and say, fucking A, bro. And then uh, that that sounds more realistic. So toss that in your script. No, I always thought that the phrase fucking A was so strange because you're truncating the less severe curse word. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought the word a-hole was kind of amusing because it's sort of like, 
Really? <laughs> I mean, what's <laughs> who, the point? Who are you kidding? Yeah. Who are you fooling? What does amuse me are all the abbreviations people come up with to not say Jesus Christ. Like, Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> they crack me up. Um, but anyway, so scriptfrenzy.org will, uh, I'll try to remember to put the URL in the show notes when we post it up on Fur Affinity. Um, the account is unsheathed at Fur Affinity. And uh, I don't know, anything else? Atari, have you ever tried a screenplay? Um, back in high school, I tried writing a screenplay for a joke TV show beca- about some girl that we hated in our independent study class. <laughs> And How could that not be awesome? Oh, say, God, it was horrible. I, I was going to say, I know a lot of creative endeavors in high school that were born out of making fun of other people. Oh, yeah. I uh, made, I, I wrote calculator well. games on my TI-83. Oh, my God. To make fun of other people? Yes. Like teachers and people we didn't like. Wow. You, sir, are a nerd. You know what? I know where he's coming yeah. from, so lay off <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, I am. Well... You know, you are too. Yes, but I revel in it. Well, so does he. <laughs> As I sit here and sip daintily from my glass of white wine. Well, that's just gay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's funny because the the the, la- the label on the wine is it's it's Aroica, which is only one letter off. All right. Um. So <laughs> it tastes like sunshine. <laughs> Wow. So we're, we're going to try to de-gay this podcast a little bit. Um, that would defeat the purpose, on though. The, we're going to talk about sports. Yeah. Fucking yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> um, you tell them, KG2. Yeah. All right, K-Fish, we're going to call up um, our FBA commissioner, B-Hop, who is standing by, and We're gonna bring him on live via Skype. This is the uh, this is the first time. Well, I, I should say it's not the uh, it's not the first time we're gonna try Skype on this podcast, but it will hopefully be the first time we try Skype and have it actually sound good. Um, so let's see if our friendly neighborhood as we activate basketball. our secret repurposed World War II spy satellite basketball bunnies at home. Hello? Hey, there he is. <laughs> hey there. Hey, B-Hop, you're on Unsheathed. Uh, I'm actually the only one who can hear you right now because we're short a couple pairs of cans. Okay. It is a gay podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's good speaking with you there, KG2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good to hear your voice again. Uh, we had a great time last week again. Thanks for coming down. Oh, thanks for having me. I had a terrific time. Um, so I got an email here that I want to read to you. This is the first one we received. Uh-huh. Um, and it says, KG is totally the second member of Tenacious D, am I right? It was, <laughs> it was funny. Last week you mentioned your baller name is KG2, and I immediately thought of Tenacious D before realizing that Kevin Garnett was probably a much more likely suspect for the original KG. And that signed Buck. And then in parentheses he adds, not Hopper, Turner. <laughs> I was about to say, that name sounds very familiar to me. Yeah, I thought it was quite a coincidence. Maybe <laughs> people named Buck have an affinity just knowing about sports. 
Maybe, maybe. Um, so I take it that you're calling because uh, this guy now needs a baller name. He does. All right, all right. And we know well, he's a and we know he's a writer and an editor for Bad Dog Books. He edited the recent anthology Roar, which actually had as its theme sports. Very nice. That's true. All right. So it's no doubt he reached into that same uh, well of knowledge to uh, come up with this answer. The second answer. Yes. What's, um, what's funny mm-hmm. is we actually had um, we had one other person write in with the correct guess, and then we had one other person write in guessing that the answer was the uh, second Tenacious D member. So <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, um, definitely uh, – uh, well, he definitely deserves, deserves a baller name if uh, he came up with the answer. So um, let's see here. Uh, so Buck is his name. So that's a good direction there. And if he's an editor, I'm going to say let's go with B-Cut. B-Cut. B-Cut, yeah. I like that. That's It's short. It's quick, which is, I'm sure. Yep. Um, short and quick, uh, I think. Did we lose you there? Yeah, we lost the sound. And we dropped a call. Well, sorry about that, but we got the name. Um, it was We got what we wanted, now we just <laughs> tossed you aside like a like a one night stand. <laughs> um We uh we got the name B Cut and uh hopefully hopefully Buck will be happy about that. Get off my podcast. And I'm apologizing to uh, B-Hop on the on the little chat here for his call dropping. Um, but, yeah, as we said, I uh, also wanted to give props to Pyro, who was the other one to correctly guess the answer. Um, <laughs> B-Hop's comment is, apparently, as soon as I said, cut, Skype took that as an order. <laughs> <laughs> You, sir, can be a writer. You have the chops. He does. Um, so, cool. Congrats. Thanks for writing in, Buck. And, uh, or be cut, I should say. Whenever you need your baller name, there it is. There you go. Um, KM, why don't you... Uh, I'm sorry, K-Fish. K-Fish. Why don't you... Uh, we finally have a baller name that doesn't be with a K. Yeah. So, uh, we got here. This is... Uh, Hi guys. I had to laugh listening to the talk of baller names because it's something that's more common than I would have thought. Way back when I was a kid and working on a neighbor's farm over the summer, the other workers there gave me a farm name, which I must confess I forgot. More recently, though, the physics students at my university had a similar thing going on, just names that have to be given to you. I wound up being Ian Five for some very convoluted reasons. Anyways, just thought I'd share that bit of randomness. Still loving the podcast. Keep doing what you do. And signed Kaz, wolf of many names and blowjob references. He's really taking his thing to a higher level now. Yeah. Um, he, he goes on and um, also mentions that, uh, sadly, his uh, NaNoWriMo uh, recoup attempt, he managed to get about another 10K words and then life took over again. And, you know, he's decided, you know, not to try to force it and to work at his own pace, which is probably a good idea, I think. Yeah. But uh, I think it's interesting this whole, like, names being given to you and, like, farm names. Where I grew up, we had bowling names. 
Which, when you have the names you put on in bowling, you oh, never yeah, yeah, use yeah. your real name. Well, because you don't have room. Well, no, but I mean, you, you, well, I, I could fit my real name, but, and actually my bowling name was the same length as my regular name. And it's like nothing even remotely like it. Like my, uh, my sophomore roommate in college, his name was Matt, but his, his bowling name we, we gave him was Joanne. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that that's, that's kind of like furry names and yeah. getting, getting into something a little, you know, as, as I often do take subjects and make them more serious. I think I think I'm just contrarian because when something when we're being silly about something I want to make it serious and when people are being too serious I try to make it funny. You're like you strive for a balance. I I do. It's all about balance. Um, so you had that big fluffy tail. Exactly. Um, um, Kit's just looking at me across the studio and I'm just going to go on with what I was going to say, which was it's kind of like when you come into the fandom you give yourself a furry name, and that becomes something that's inextricably tied up with your identity. I mean, you know, none of us were given the names that we're using on this podcast. We picked them. Except for K-Fish, that was given to me. Well, right. right. <laughs> but it was derived from a name you picked. That's true. And, you know, we all go by these names that we chose, which is part of defining an identity. And sometimes you're given names and sometimes you pick names. Um, I think I know at least... I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I can think of at least a couple cases where people... The furry names people have are names that they didn't really choose. Well, they they finally chose to adopt them, but it was based on, you know, I think people have said, "Oh, I came up, I came by this name because, you know, I was doing such and such, and people kept calling me this, and finally I just went with it." Yeah, I have at least one friend uh, where that's the case, where you know, just sort of people gave him a name, and then they repurposed that for their furry name, right? Um, so it's it's really interesting this whole naming thing, and you know people talk about naming characters, and there's whole big other discussions which I don't think are really in the scope of this podcast, or at least not this episode about um, identity definitions and you know redefining yourself as a as a person and a furry with a new name, and you know how that all Kaz defines himself with blowjobs. He does, which is not a bad way to define yourself. No. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that about him. Yeah. <laughs> and about us. Might you be that lucky someone? <laughs> <laughs> um, but causes causes problem about getting to a certain point, and then I think the um, the the real important thing about what he said was he's going to try to achieve a pace that meets his personal standards and his personal comfort level. Which is good, because I, I've tried that even myself, and I can tell you that it's a bitch. Yes. I mean, I've had free time this entire week to write stuff, and I've only gotten down about a thousand wor- words, because, quite honestly, I suck this week. So, for getting a thousand words after that, that's still pretty commendable. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, we talk a lot about the pacing and uh, of writing and the how you have to force yourself to um, come up with the time and you really do. And a lot of it's about, it's about discipline and drive. You have to, you have to have a story that you really want to tell or you, or you have to really want to tell a story, which are not quite the same thing. And you have to be able to force yourself to ignore the many and sundry distractions in your life and actually sit down and do the telling. 
Yeah. Writing is sort of like sex that way. Don't let your mind wander. Find a pace that feels natural and comfortable for you, and just let things come in their own time. Oh my god. The Spade I, Otterthustra. Uh, I cannot argue with that. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to try. Although I will say that if writing were more like sex, a lot more people would do it. <laughs> not everyone's good at writing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good point. Ooh, sick burn. <laughs> It, gives, it makes you think about what writing one night stands might be like. That's flash fiction. <laughs> flash. Uh. That's not. That's flash fan fiction. <laughs> um, but the next, <laughs> the next couple letters we have. <laughs> we wow. We have, we've overflustered the otter to the point where he's. Spitting out his uh, <laughs> beverages here. Um, the the next couple letters we have actually have to do with um, once you, which I guess is also not completely unlike sex, but you know, once you've gone a certain length of time and things aren't finishing, then how do you keep going? Or in one person's case, he's finished too early. Um, so he writes, this is Kindar writes, hi guys. First off, I've been staying after the podcast and I'm still waiting for my cake. Well, you tell us where you are and we'll, uh, have something sent out to you. I shouldn't promise that because then he'll write and tell us where he is and then he'll expect it. It's a squadron of foxes. Leave a message on this web zone if you want a pizza roll. Come up, come up to it. Come up to us after a convention, and we will um, say the word "cake" to you. That's about all I'm willing to promise on the podcast. Um, second, I've been listening to your recent podcast, and someone mentioned how they're up to ninety thousand words in their novel, and hope to increase that over the next few weeks. I think that was probably me. How the hell do you guys manage to do that? I've been working on a novel, and I've topped up. At, oh, I've topped up at thirty-five thousand, and the story's done. I was aiming for 50000 but I can't figure out how to increase the size short of padding it. Oh, size, short of padding it, and I have no idea how to go about padding a story. Anyway, keep up the good work and the good advice. Hugs and scratches, Kindar. And then uh, we have a second letter, which is kind of an opposite problem. So, yes. It begins with, Good evening, advocates of slobbery crotch kisses. And I just want to have an aside here. It's like, thank you for making blowjobs sound entirely unsexy. That will put me in an appropriate mood to read the rest of the email with a clear head. I find myself in need of some assistance. Over the last few years, as my writing experience and quality has increased, I've been breezing through fun short stories. Some of these have even topped 20 or 30,000 words, which would make them, I guess, novellas. Why is and everybody about topping their stories? Writing is like sex. Yeah. I was right. You you were. Bam. Throughout the writing process, I remain excited and engaged and happy with my work, almost uniformly from start to finish. Well, I'm jealous of you. <laughs> I have, however, a few sparks of story that just can't be done justice in a short story or novella. I have, in short, been trying to write my first novel. The problem I'm reaching is that right around the 40k mark, I simply lose the will to keep trying. Even though the scenes I'm writing will be new to the readers, I've lived and relived the story in my head so many times that it's just not new and exciting anymore. 
Worse, that lack of interest shows in my writing. I can see the descriptions losing their splendor and the action losing its visceral shock. The characters get stuck in development ruts, and I can visualize my image, imaginary readers preparing their most potent weapon against the fantasy land into which I've thrust them. The yawn. Have either of you encountered this mid-story drag? This isn't the first time I've encountered it, and this time it's had me stymied for over a month. I know that the plans I have for the plot are interesting if I can write them correctly, but I'm just not on form at this point. Worse, I've tried all the writer's block fixes that others suggest. I've shelved the story and written smaller pieces. I've rethought the scenes with the assumption that if it's too boring to write, that it's too boring to read. I've even tried this sensory deprivation trick to get myself living in the world again, and nothing is giving me back that spark. Please help. I like the story I'm writing. I really do. I want, to see, I want it to see print, but it's never going to get there if I can't overcome this slump. Signed, Condrill, Blowjob Disbeliever. I think oh. if he was ever in the same room with Kaz, the, they're, they'd collapse into like a blowjob singularity or something. That sounds um, kind of hot, actually. <laughs> blowjob red matter? Yes. Um, saying like you know it's like you know if we're doing like the whole like like you know blowjob disbeliever like if this were doing the cast thing next week he'd be like you know like fellatio apostate <laughs> and, you know um yeah I'm, I'm i'm curious if he just if he doesn't believe that they exist or it's like a gnostic heresy about oral sex yeah um so the the two letters present really interesting problems and in both cases it's kind of people starting out with a preconception of how long the story's got to be and in the first case some uh kindar's trying to reach 50,000 words but he can't get there his story ends too soon um Condrell's trying to write a novel and he can't and he's got a, a novel length story but he can't write it all the way to the end yeah um, and there was one thing that, that you were reading that that Condrell hasn't tried that I would recommend to him, which is just write the scenes. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they're born; it's a first draft. Write, write the scenes, and then when you go back, you'll either take them out or you'll realize how to fix them, or whatever. Yeah. And he asked, like, oh, have any of us ever experienced that mid-story slump? Yeah, with every longer story I write, I get that. Every single time. I mean, it it just happens. And you just got to muscle through it sometimes. And sometimes you do got to take a break and come back to it. And sometimes you just have to bite your lip and just say, like, all right, I'm going to write this scene. And I'm going to get through it. And you will regain momentum eventually. And something else, I, mean, I, I haven't had it happen all the time but I've had it happen on a couple of the longer stories um, if the scenes are boring to you change them I mean I I write outlines of my novels and then I the stuff that I'm writing goes off in sometimes completely different directions and partly it's because you know at one point I'm thinking about the story but then as I write it it evolves organically and so you know, if you've hashed the scenes out over and over and over again and you're bored with them, make up something different. It's a first draft. Yeah. And, go ahead, and sorry. more than likely, I mean, if it's a first draft, you're going to get people peer reviewing it and they may have insight in the story that you don't. Yeah, I would. 
I generally I break this rule sometimes, but I generally don't recommend peer review of first draft. What I usually try to do is when I finish a first draft, I set it aside and then I go back through it myself for a second draft, and then I peer review it after that. All right. Um, the we we kind of sometimes break that rule in writing group, but that's because we've been writing together for like while well, going on like four years now, something yeah. like that. So we have a level of trust. Yeah. And I actually usually do show my first drafts because sometimes I don't know if my own criticism of myself is legitimate. And if I think that something is a problem and six other people read it and nobody mentions it, that gives me pause to reconsider before I spend all this work changing something that might not need to be changed. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can see that too. I just, I generally think I want to, I know when I'm doing a first draft, I have a lot of ideas that may not be great. And I want to make sure that, um, that I go through it again, and at least to proof it for spelling and grammar and whatnot. And that when I read through it again, there's nothing glaring that needs to be fixed and just try to do the best I can with it. Um, in uh, in Kindar's situation, it's kind of similar. I'm like, I I, I want to know why he thinks it needs to be fifty thousand words. Yeah. Um, if the story is thirty five thousand words, it's thirty five thousand words, yeah. and let the story find its length. It's not the size that counts; it's how well you write it. It's not the size; it's how well it ends. Yeah, I mean, he's saying, you know, how do I make the story longer without padding it? Well, don't don't try to pad it. Let the story be as long as it needs to be. If you if you tell the story and it's at 35,000 words and it's over. Don't try to just make it half again as long just so you can say it with 50K. Now, I I will say that it's possible, and he doesn't go into detail uh, in the in the email, but it is possible that he's thinking it needs to be longer because as he's thinking about the story, he kind of feels like there's something missing from it. Like, the story is done, as in the action of the story is done, but the characters and stuff may not have come to a satisfying resolution and he's kind of struggling for a way mm. to get some of that extra stuff into the story without um, without adding to it. And that I know with a lot of people kind of confuse story and plot. And you, you the plot is the sequence of events that takes place around the, which the character development and the character interactions and all that good stuff happen. And but the plot should not be the central part of the story. Yeah. So you may have come to the point where the characters have rescued the princess from the castle and they've all gone back to the village, but you're feeling like something's remained unfinished with the story, and maybe it's because you set up a character conflict early on that hasn't been resolved, and you're trying to figure out how to pad that out. That might be the case. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if you look at, like, your, like, classic, like, hero's journey-type tales... You know, the plot is, you know, the sequence of events of, like, you know, what, you know, the hero does and, you know, what ends up getting accomplished. The story is about, you know, how this person goes from becoming, like, the regular person to being the hero. Like, just as, you know, a real top-line summary of what those differences are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I don't know. I think I, I, we really always recommend that people don't get too hung up on word count. Yeah, I've had that conversation um, with a lot of people. Unless, exception being, if you're writing for a publication that has a word count limit. Right, in which case you're usually trying to get under. 
what you're trying to do, what you need to do then is kind of the same thing that you need to do with the longer stories is you need to tackle a story that fits the word count you're aiming for. And it sounds like, in the one case, it sounds like Kindar's story is either too short to encompass the word count or, you know, he's he's not really sure how to develop it beyond just delineating the action yeah. that goes on. Um, in Condrell's case, it sounds like he's got an idea that would make a good novel. He just gets bored in the middle. Yeah. So in Kinder's case, where he's saying like, "Oh, like it's only thirty-five thousand words." Thirty-five thousand words is not a short story, and that is a more That's than a respectable. That is definitely a novella. Yeah, That's firmly in novella territory. Like smack dab right in the middle of it. Yeah, Bridges is not much longer than that. Um. So anyway, hey, Bridges uh, isn't even fifty k, and that's in book form. Yeah. Well, that was the whole point. Oh yeah. Of the cupcakes. Thank you, Fuzz Wolf. <laughs> we love you, Fuzz. And uh, big shout outs to Fuzz who had some pretty bad car trouble on the way to FWA. Yeah. Um, he I'm glad they persevered. Managed managed to get there okay and. Um, from what we heard today, people weren't buying very much, but um, hopefully Sunday's a good day. I heard that uh, several dealers actually packed up and left on Saturday, but you know people tend to buy more on Sunday than Saturday, and if there are fewer dealers, that means there's fewer places for them to spend it at. Well, exactly. Let's hope. Yeah. yeah, Friday and Sunday, I think, are usually the big days. Yeah. So our pause is crossed for Fuzzwolf and the Fur Planet folks. Yep. Best of luck, guys. Um, speaking of conventions, at least, uh, I will be up at WonderCon in San Francisco this coming weekend, which is April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Um, may not be there Friday, um, work and life and stuff, but, um, definitely at some point Saturday and Sunday, and, uh, we're thinking about maybe trying to drag the recording gear up there and do a quick live unsheathed from WonderCon. Yeah. We can I'm planning drag, to be up there on Saturday myself. If we can drag K-Fish up there. Yeah. They're um, doing a big Doctor Who thing on Saturday. I gotta go. Ah, there you go. You are such a nerd. <laughs> so when Fuzzwolf listens to this, he can be jealous that I got to a special Doctor Who thing. Oh, come on. Fuzz is, has suffered Is David enough. Tennant going to be there? No. The, pff, if David Tennant was going to be there, I'd be calling Fuzz right now. I'd be like, I'm going to meet David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> And then he would drive up here and kill me. <laughs> he wouldn't even kill me in my sleep. He'd wake me up so that I knew he did it. <laughs> oh, Fuzz, we love him. Um, so WonderCon, Moscone Center, San Francisco, California, April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And uh, so full of press will be there with a whole bunch of my books, which I'll be happy to sign for anyone who buys them. If you happen to catch me at the table and you get a copy of X or heat or something i'll sign that for you too yeah well catching an otter is hard with all that you know slippery fur and stuff yeah but sometimes i like to get caught yeah i was gonna say it's it's not all that hard (laughs) um and we'll let that one hang there Uh, or will we (laughs) well no one else was saying anything um but uh other than that vote in the ursa major awards um and I don't know what else do we got. Anything else? Keep writing. Keep writing. Uh thanks to Atari for joining us here. 
Not a problem. Thank, Thank you both for having me on here. Thank you also for the um, Atari actually provided the Riesling. That, I was going to say, thank you for the podcast. That wine. is lubricating both otters on this podcast. At the same time. Yes. Oh, my. And I get to be in between. Um, like that story you wrote. hi Which one? In between, when it was originally its own thing. Oh. Yeah, but that didn't have any otters in it. No, but it was the same name. Well, Let yeah. me have my joke. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> hey, you. Uh, write into us, unsheathedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, next week, we're going to hope to be live. Uh, at some point this month, we were talking to um, Hop about him helping us out with another listener challenge, so keep your ears peeled for that. Thanks again to our basketball playing bunny for the baller name and for being on. Uh, I think the Skype call went well, and we're hoping that maybe we can uh, drag a couple other people remotely onto the show in the near future. Uh, what else? Unseized on FA. Uh, I'm Kyle Gold on Twitter and LiveJournal. I am Cam Hirasaki, likewise and likewise. And to shamelessly plug myself, I am Atari Otter on Twitter and Atari Otter on FA. And uh, we're... Happy to bring you more writing advice. Uh, so I'm going to say from all of us, good night and keep writing. <laughs>